right time fans. Oh, calm down. Oh my gosh. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay, so I was putting some radio on so you can have some background music. And I just switched it from, you know, regular audio connected to my music to the radio. And I went to, they call it FM 104.5 The Cat because I'm in the Lexington, Kentucky area. But that's all beside the point of what I'm doing in this recording in this podcast episode. And that's, you know, I wanted, I like coming on whenever I have a strong sense of expression because I want, I've got an idea and it's circulating really strong and I got to see this, I got to witness this. <clears throat> so, before I got distracted with that blare, but let me, let me kind of start over. You got Ms. Right Time, and I'm here to talk about mother-daughter relationships. And the example that I got to see several times over with this particular elderly mother, we'll just say about age 85, maybe 90, but you know, up, up to that point, <laughs> five years does not make that much of a difference. Um, but as you know, an 85-year-old individual, a woman, this woman in particular, is coming to the close of her chapter and is going to say goodbye to the things and uh, the people in this life and the reality that exists as such. So it's my observation because you know I have a daughter and I have a you know a, an intentional relationship. Uh, that I set the goal is to make her feel seen, validated, admired, celebrated, heard, you know, those kind of wonderful things. And I'm, I'm watching traffic, so that's what the pause is for. It's because this guy's coming up on my left, and we're about to go from two lanes to one lane. And I like the speed of the traffic today. It's my speed is consistent and fast, so that's that's how I, I like getting in a car and traveling. I like going at a good pace and, and fast. Anyway, so I, I've served this woman by herself over the course of six months plus, <clears throat> and we'll call her Kate. She's got two cents, three syllables actually. No, no, two. Two syllables, so we'll just go KT because it helps me with my thought process. So, um, and Katie will have family that she eats breakfast with or lunch, or well, mostly lunch because Katie's daughter doesn't come in until lunch. And obviously, Katie's daughter, the 85 year old that I'm mentioning, her daughter is going to be advanced in age as well, so we'll call her about 55 plus. I'm not crazy about this song. I'm so particular about the music that I listen to. I guess Tom Petty is good. It's not my mood, but I do enjoy him in particular. Let's try another one. Ugh, Taylor Swift, fine. It's cuter than Tom Petty. Cause you know, I'm a prissy girl. I like, I like fancy fun music all beside the point so but this person 
is Katie to describe her personality is this stoic despondent expectant unsatisfied what else particular maybe the word might be demanding <clears throat> aloof it's a good one what's another one uncaring yeah, we can go on for another five minutes but you get the idea and but what what really kind of maybe went a little bit is to see Katie and daughter, we'll just call her Christina. I think that's her name. I've asked, <laughs> it takes me three times and, and it's not been locked in. So, um, just say daughter's Christina, just for, for it. And I forgot how many children that Miss Katie has. There might be more. So, anyway, picture this. Katie mom, Christina daughter, are sitting not quite side by side, but at a point where they would look at each other ever so often to, you know, understand the meaning more with the body language and the facial features that change when you're, you know, saying things in an expressive kind of way. But I get to just bring the drink, bring the soft drink, the, the straws, and make multiple trips back, you know, take the orders, that kind of thing. But if they think that's all I'm doing. But I'm a human, and I like to observe. And so, I like to overlap other people's experiences and see how others are doing life. And I kind of look to the elderly as the way to do things, because they have lived their whole entire lives, and they've perfected their, their means of connecting with people and connecting with themselves and investing in those that they will leave behind their legacy and there is no greater legacy than your own children so the the investment the value you know the return on investment is just the joy of knowing that the Lord created this individual this small at one point baby inside your body and that little little baby this individual's first address wasn't a house wasn't an apartment it wasn't an island it wasn't a you know a houseboat it was my body that was your address was my body you know for the from the mother's perspective and so right there I supplied you oxygen for you to live. I supplied you nutrients for you to literally live and, and grow. You continue to grow. And I, I got to be your host address, your host mom. So there is that miracle right there. And that miracle continues to perpetuate and, and live. After the baby is born and the biblical cord is cut, but there's another umbilical cord. There are two. One is the body, and the other one is this this connection of our, our mother-daughter bond. So 
and there are two. So it's the invisible one, and the invisible one never gets severed. Unless the mother starves it. Unless the mother starves the supply. And then it no longer exists. And I, and I feel like this is what happened to Katie and Christina. And I just hurt for Christina being the daughter of this stoic, despondent, emotionless mother. And here, mom is in this last chapter of her life. And it's just, it's, in this chapter I see it as a series of goodbyes, different forms of goodbyes. And the, the last ways that, you know, mom wants you to remember her by. That's what I think. If if I were to, to put myself in that spot, you know, I'm 48, so 30 years from now, I get 30 more years with Erica. If the good Lord gives me this, this time, right? So I don't look at it as I have to say goodbye to my daughter at this moment. But at Katie's age, one more year and she could not be here because her health could just up and outright fail on her. COVID could hit her and it could it could kill her and then that would be it. That would be the last goodbye. So, you know, there's the joys of seeing my daughter and those many series of hellos that I get to have with her. And so you would think that it would be the same with Katie, that she just delights at the sight of her daughter. She gets to see her every stage of her child's growth you know her lifespan you get to watch an individual a human that you have a direct connection to and to, as to why they exist grow and change and you get to admire the five-year-old the five-month-old the five-day-old hold on i'm barking in traffic give me pause please and thank you but i got another lane here we go success thank the lord for my safe wheels thank you lord as I was saying, um, you know, 15 years old. So my kid's 18, the girl. So I'm gonna get to enjoy, as the Lord gives it, 20, age 20. And I'm gonna get to get to hear her, her thought process, her humor. I'm gonna get to delight in her humor. I'm gonna get to delight in her beauty, because I have. And, unnaturally beautiful daughter an ordinary chic she is unusually beautiful so um and I get to just celebrate her and just really see her and see her by her thoughts by listening so you know not everybody's me. I'm not the great lesson out there that I have learned in my time of working in this particular job is not everybody's me. And not everybody has a compassionate heart and that skill. It's a skill to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes and to give them a projection of yourself, to give every person that's walking a projection of yourself and your copy type and your heart coding that you are and at this point in your life and say that's what others would do no others are different people they are themselves and they may not have 
the same level of compassion as you. It's the range is just varying from zero to, let's say, the, the range is 100. They may have a, a compassionate range at the 20s, 15 <clears throat> for others and considerate. But, you know, others is, is broad. What about my kid, what about their kid? What's their compassionate level for their kid? Kids. Like, I think this woman, she wants Katie. I've served her many, 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 Can I just go on times? And I know her particularities. I want warm syrup. I want decaf coffee as of recent because of what the doctor told me. Let's see, she wants a... Water? I think it's just water. And you know, let's see, how does she take her eggs? Well, maybe it may be a lie. <laughs> I don't know all the particularities. Maybe I blocked it up. But uh, she has been in so many times at this one particular location, which I cannot divulge because it would be um, like a privacy thing. We don't tell people uh, about people's where they live or any other kind of you know, statistical or information. But, you know, this is my philosophy about her and my observations about her daughter. And I just ached for the, the daughter having lived. Oh God, hold on, I'm working. Or changing lanes. Of just the struggle. of how that, that makes you see yourself. You know, having a despondent, stoic mother that just is only concerned about her comfort, her own comfort, and her own favorites and, and particularities. It's so shallow. There's nothing. It's, it's a kitty pool deep of, of love. No! Your daughters need oceans full of love. What the hell, Katie? What the hell? So, um, it'll sound like a flex, it'll sound like I'm bragging. But this is my methodology of how I became more open-hearted, warm-hearted, more con connecting with my kid, work on myself, journal, get your mind together, get out of depression, to resources and tools to fix yourself because your children need you this world is brutal there's so many damn messages out there that says you're just a piece of shit and everybody else is fucking better than you I'm talking about the kid you know thinking from the kid's perspective that turns into a teenager adult and they carry this stuff with you and so you are the shield from how you treat your children you are the world's shield from the world to your kid by the kind of connection you have with them. Make a damn good connection with them. And you start that shit by starting with taking care of yourself, self-nurturing. You you gotta be a fountain to, the, to your kids. How do you do that? Because you've got your own past shit. I'm glad I'm auto-driving because I'm not concentrating on the road. 
I'm concentrating on my key points. So, um, you got to do the trauma work. You got to resolve this stuff. So a little co-worker of mine, she wants a baby. She just met this man on a, a dating site. They moved in basically the first week they met. And I'm like, honey, no. And I told her all the reasons why. Because I'm, you know, the mother type. I'm 48 years old. I've got that kind of mentality of wisdom. I've got, I've got the look back wisdom. Because I can look back at a life of successes and the failures. And my observations of other people all along the way. I'm very animated about and, and very protective about this woman Christina you know we're going back to my example she's a real live lady and I just can't imagine the the things that she's had to fill those spots in those empty spots in where that, that should have been filled with the mother's care and love and the words that will carry you through life through this brutal life you need those kind of things from your mother. And I just imagined all those years, let's say Christina, let's call her 56, 57, whatever, it's fine. 57 years of just cold-hearted mom, empty. You get trickles of love at the faucet, of, at the mom faucet. You know, because at the, at, let's just call the, the, you know, drops of waters, uh, not, not water, words, looks, being there, placing your kid before you, uh, picking them up when they fall in the, in the world, and consoling them from, and saying it's going to be alright, and instead of giving them a real band-aid, how about a band-aid of, of words, or a band-aid with hugs? That's a more powerful than anything. And I just think about the lack of it that quote unquote Christina is just functioning from. You know, people, some don't have legs, some don't have hands. And you know, you see them, they might be writing with their toes. They put the pencil in between their toes of their foot and they make their way and they, they, they find a way to function in life but what if what if it was something that okay so that's metaphorical same thing with a mother's love yes people find a way to continue and carry on in life but they're handicapped of sorts they've got the missing pieces but they function but why fun why function on minimalism of love so back to the faucet that thing should be gushing. It should be a fire hydrant of love from your mother. Holy shit. Pisses me off. And it kind of pisses me off only because that's the kind of mother experience I had. Except mine wasn't despondent and stoic. Only. <laughs> Let's add some other bad stuff. And this is only to help you compare. I don't need you to be feeling sorry for me or uh, just say, oh, poor you. But I had some bad shit. So, you know, add other elements. Alcoholism. That was her favorite. Beat the fuck out of you with anything she can grab. Grab your hair and throw it up against the wall. Sit on her, you know, the kid. 
and just like you're just punching her, slapping her. That's what the shit I got. So I would have loved for her to just be stoic and just leave me the hell alone. But you know, I go to bed with all this in my in my circulating as a little one. You know, first memory starting around I guessed eight, eight to twelve years old, and other various sicknesses that she did to me. So. I'm very particular and sensitive about the mother and the mother role. You know, I just kind of am keenly attuned to that because I've got those sensitivities. I came up with that. And the reason why I have a healthy approach and connection to my child because I can hear her, validate her, celebrate her, value her, and be quiet and let her speak while she's talking without just being the expert. Don't need to be expert when you're with your daughter. Just need to listen and say, hey, someone cares. That's all you gotta say, you gotta do with your listening. It's quiet, compassionate, and then, you know, giving advice when prompted. And, and this is for the older, older teenager and young woman, because honestly, she's been hearing you preach for years and she's been hearing you do this for years, so. She's kind of got, what is it called? Just numb, numb to your voice. It's like, yeah, mom, yeah, whatever, whatever. Heard it, heard this so many times. So at this point is now, you got to do all the damn talking from age, whatever, zero to blah, blah, blah. Now it's time for you to listen. Or maybe it's more like this, it's a balance. Anything in life is a balance. And so listening and talking is also a balance. It's a yin and a yang. Can you get it perfect? Can you get it right? No, you're not perfect. You're human. You make errors. You make mistakes. It's fine. Oh my gosh, that's why I don't like radio music. It's because of all the damn commercials. I'm bougie and I'm posh. I hate commercials. Oh. Oh, this is the weather. <laughs> okay. I'm listening. The weather. Shit, I just caught the end of it. Oh well. Um, so I guess part of me is a feminist in, in the way that I want the women to feel happy and fulfilled and to feel good about themselves. And so I also am attuned and I pay attention to those kind of things. And so I'm a woman proponent. Maybe that's the word. I'm a woman proponent. Not necessarily a feminist because I feel like feminists might have a connotation of I want the world to be good for me. I want the good, the world to be good, for, equal for me. For me, I'm a giving individual. I've been a loving individual since the beginning. But being a loving and hopeful, happy, joyful, got fucking punished all through my little life. That little girl got punished for singing, dancing in a circle, smiling, and all the joy was uh, answered with belts, backhands. They were unprompted. They were unearned. I didn't earn any of those. And I'm, my story is not unique. This happens all the damn time in America. It's happened through the decades. And any of those of you listening may have the very same experience. But it might be a male that did this to you and you might be a boy or a man that's had this happen to you by a mother or a father 
or an uncle or other caretaker or other guardian of some sort and it's a travesty and a tragedy I would really like to know what travesty really means in definition terms like vocabulary words kind of speaking Like, what's the difference between a travesty and a tragedy? Anyway, that's a little English side of me that likes that kind of stuff. Tom Petty! No! Gosh, fine. Rock and roll. That's what happens when you have radio. Someone else selects it. I'm bougie. I like to select my own music, and I don't, I don't want ads. So I will pay for the premium music, because I, I, I spoil me. And I spoil my daughter. And that's what you learn in self-love. Um, and I've... Let's see. I know that I diverted. So, um... Thank you for going through all the... Where I get, you know, distracted. But, uh... Oh, yeah. So my story is not unique. And that, you know, any kind of loudness... Or wrestling with my father... Well, that was just pre-sexual abuse that was about to occur. And she wasn't about to have a male play with me and, and wrestle with me or, or hold my hand or let me kiss his cheek or vice versa. My father kissed my cheek. I was kept from that because she had a paranoia that I was going to get molested by father. <laughs> so there goes that joy. There goes that connection. And this is what I had. I had a connectionless, cruel first starts, first origins to my life. Again, I'm not trying to make myself pitiful, or but what I want you to see is for you to make a comparison with you and to say your story, unfortunately, is not unique and you're not alone. That's all I want my podcast ever say to anyone you're not alone and other people have been through this and they've overcome it and they have thrived and they've moved on in life from it me I can't say I've moved on because I still harbor it and I still resent it from time to time and I still cry about it or I have a sick icky dark feeling or I'll have, you know, levels uh, of depression that come with it, come from it. But so, so where do we go from this? How do we not be a Katie, an elderly person that's coming at the sunset of her life? Or coming up to the cl- the last chapter of her life. How do we write a really good last chapter of our life? And say, and, and really treasure the last goodbyes that we get to say to our, our surviving and children, our progeny. How do we say that with intention, with love? And how do we invest and deposit yet again? Even now when we can't, can't pick up our child, children. One, our bodies can't pick up a 125 pound or 185 pound, however many pounds your kid is. Because you used to be able to pick your child up when it was smaller, when she was smaller. But now you can't. How can you pick them up? How can you make them feel safe and happy and joyful and blissful? 
How can you help them give themselves space in their minds and their bodies? You start with you. You start investing with you. You start listening to the things that your mind is trying to say to you. You have pains inside your heart and your mind that are asking to be heard. And you need to write them down in a journal. You need to talk to a counselor. You need to put it in a, an audio journal of sorts. You need to get it out and let yourself hear yourself. Because if you don't, then those pain points in your heart and your mind, you are going to transfer them to your children. And they will have pain because you're not going to act out in loving ways because you don't feel good. You don't know it, but when you're angered easily or you feel extremely tired for some unknown reason, your body, <laughs> because you're not talking it out, you're not writing it out, or you're not getting professional help. Okay, this might be for some of you, not all of you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a, a random podcaster that's just giving relationship advice about how to have a better relationship with your kid is you start by your own relationship in your side and inside and you acknowledge where you are void from the connections that did not feed you when you were a younger person for whatever reason it could be the parent wounding light could be heavy like mine extreme anywhere in between but you got to listen to yourself and hear yourself and figure out how to find and add healing to those things in ways that are meaningful to you. So I did imagery work at one point as I placed the adult me into one of my memories, several memories, and I rescued that little child me from that scenario that really existed back when in the 19... 87, 88, 86, 85. And I, did, I sat and I spoke to that injured child inside in this imagery that I did. It was like my own personal imagery session. And I told her. I'm starting to get like <laughs> light switch emotion on. It just turned on. Hugh won't live here forever it feels like forever and you don't know it yet but one day you will grow up and you won't be with her anymore and she won't matter she will not exist to you and you're gonna have other people that you live with at the time I was married you've got your husband you've got your children and you're really really special and you and you are not being treated like you're supposed to. And this here is fucking unnatural, kid. She's a freak. She's got demons. And I'm sorry, but you're seeing her demons. They're telling her to beat you more and she's listening. And I'm sorry about that. But you have to be here. But you don't have to stay here. You got it in you. To disintegrate these walls below these walls that you are stuck in 
Okay, I did a different imagery at that time, but I'm doing a new one now just to show you an example. Because, you know, you can't have a photographic memory about everything. But it was the same gist. Um, so I said, because this is the after moments. After the beating, I get sent to my room to think about my crimes. <laughs> a, ten, a nine and a half year old's got crimes. She got the fuck beat out of her for who knows what, but nothing that was ever earned, not even to 1% of what I got. Um, but this is your trauma work. That's how you create connections with your kids when you repair the disconnect in you. It's work. Are you going to do the work for your kids? Are you going to give them the mother they deserve? The father they deserve? The guardian they deserve? Because you can, it starts with you. Repair the disconnects in you. And your life is just going to be enriched. People did things to you. And there are people that don't know these things about you. And the reason why I know this is because I've had the talent with friends. I'm not answering that phone. I'm busy. So anyway, where was I? I was here. At, I'm saying heal your own shit. Face your shit. You didn't ask for it. You were handed this. It was involuntarily handed to you on, on your side. Oh, other people volunteered to be shit to you. And they did a really good job. But now you have to unshit. And it's, it's, it's a large amount of work. It depends on your, you know, scope. But you have little people depending on you. So many others are, are mothers, and that's fine. And others are not mothers. But the little person that's depending on you, for those that don't have children, is the inner child. She's depending on you. Your inner kid in you is depending on you. Or if you're a teacher, uh, any kind of influence where you are around the smaller, the weaker, the vulnerable. You know, it could be special needs. It could be others that are under your care. And you know, that was my point whenever I was trying to self-heal is um, and try to give myself doses of internal healing with, I read self-help books, I read the Bible. I'm like, anything, please help this black hole in me. I'll have to get into work here soon. I'm 20 minutes early anyway. Because I drop the kid off and it always makes me about 30 minutes early. So, you know, drop her off at school and then come to work. But, um, where was I? So they, oh, I was telling you my motivations of why I started the, the self healing journey. It's because I knew 
I was allowing toxicity seepage to spew on my own children. The emotional, unresolved stuff. You think that shit doesn't go anywhere? It goes somewhere. It settles either into your body to create an illness or it goes and splatters toxicity. Let's call it like an acid, let's say, you know, like little sprinklings of acid. Proverbial, metaphorical, not true, but uh, I, I like those speaking metaphors. And it spews on people and they, it does damage and it causes scars to your little ones. You want to you wanna scar your little ones? Then love yourself enough to love your children in a way that you have never known how to love them before. Love your kid. And if you're an old person, same thing applies to you old people doesn't matter how old you are you're listening to this whatever continent you are whatever shape your continent is whatever your climate is it's all the same we're all humans just on different spots we all make up are made up of the same ingredients and have the same functionings emotionally and the same needs repair now because honestly you can be a young person ish you know like 30s mom, 40s mom, 50s mom, or parent, 60s, 70s, at any point along that time line, it could be your last goodbye to your kids. You want to have a good goodbye. So, and you, because <laughs> you, you send your kids off with a really good lunch, you insure different things. You have them medical insurance, um, make sure they bring a jacket with them. But what about the other, the weatherings and the harshities of life and the way you pack them and get them ready is by the things you say to them and how you respond with them and how you shape them growing up. And you can't properly do that if you're not self-healed and you haven't healed yourself well. I, I'm running out of creativity with my words, but... I don't know your situation. I'm nobody. I'm just a little sweetheart in Kentucky that has my own life, my own stuff that have come through a triumph and there's other things that conquer me back and that don't feel good. So, and I, you know, I have a perspective that might help one, might help 10. And if it's just that, that's fine. Actually, that's great. Because that's my purpose in life, is to make another's life better. And how that happens is you start to make your own life better. And you bring peace and harmony and balance into your own self. And that is by listening to yourself. Listen to yourself. She's trying to tell you something. He's trying to say something to you. It's been decades in the working. I don't know how old you are, but I'm just saying. They've been trying to communicate, and you've been answering it with possible bad stuff. Addictions, drugs, needles, pills, snorting, mushrooms. I don't know drugs, terminology. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying stuff I see on TV. Uh, you might be answering with uh, having weak, 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 weak boundaries when it comes to giving to others when you don't want to. And you need rest. 
Um, it could come in the form of sexual addictions. You just let anybody touch your body, anybody enter your body, or you're entering any any and every everybody's coochie. Because if you're a dude, you, know, you got the the thingy thing, the dingly dong, the the oodle doodle. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. <sighs> the oodle doodle. Hmm. Anyway, I start to go off on a tangent. Let's not let that happen. Me. But, uh, purpose. So, get to the real work. You don't want to, you don't have time. One day it's going to show itself at a time when it's not a really good time. So, invest in yourself. And, um, Give yourself a retreat, reprieve of sorts. You don't, you don't have to go anywhere. Anyway, stay tuned for the next podcast episode. And um, when something strikes me like this, I, I will get back on again. I really want to bring a high-value content. And these kind of thoughts don't, don't come into the form of words. I mean, they don't come into words like they did this time. As often as I'd like. Like other podcasters are really, really intelligent. And they just have a really solid and sound message and purpose. And I really, really enjoy them. You know, my Miss Self Love, she has that. And But mine is doesn't come that often. But I don't want to just throw things up there that's just useless, I guess. Or empty like them to serve somehow and I know that this is a message for anybody who wants to have a meaningful connection with somebody that they value and care about but they're they're cold they're cold hearted it's not your cold hearted it's that your heart closed you're closed hearted hmm I like to make up words, so I don't think that was a good one. Closed hearted. Um. So, uh, I guess I'll close it up here and and tell you there's a lot of great campaigns and things to advocate for out there in the world. You can advocate for hundreds of really good things. You know, cancer awareness, epilepsy awareness, and um, pet abuse awareness, all sorts of advocacy programs and things you can jump into. But you won't, you will be most effective if you become self-awareness and start to take care of the pain points in you that need healing. And I told you how to, how to start with those things and how to help. I help myself. I'm not a psychologist or a doctor. I'm just an individual. And how I help myself is starting to listen to myself. And the way you listen to yourself is you get it out. You speak it out to a friend. You speak it out to a counselor. You speak it out on paper with a pen and your thoughts. And you do that consistently. Anything. Do anything consistently. And you're really going to start to feel that the you inside you will start to feel heard. 
and that you're really listening. And it might be the same story that it's told you for many, many years is that you've got this pain from this individual and you're like, come on, I'm, I thought I was over that. I thought I was healed from that. Well, honestly, and I'm sorry to say it, and I'll, I'll speak from the small person in you, but it'll take as many times as it needs because it's worth it and it needs to be heard until you get to a point where you don't hurt as much over it. But uh, but don't cover up the voice and don't tell it to be quiet with drugs, alcohol, sexual interludes that are dangerous, reckless, race car driving and just reckless this and that. Softness and kindness is what's going to heal this in you. So, again, I'm going to put a disclaimer. I'm not a doctor, psychologist. I'm a, I'm a nice lady that's just out here with comments about how she did it. So, take care of my right time friends and listeners. Bye.